If you're a leader whose success depends on your ability to think clearly, then join the 8-Second Daily Coach, where I'll email you daily questions to amplify your leadership in 8 seconds or less. Sign up now at ZachAaron.com forward slash daily question. That's ZachAaron, Z-A-C-H-A-R-E-N-D.com forward slash daily question. I spend a lot of time also making sure that I'm optimized because what's the most valuable asset that you have in this world? Your body. You can't replace it. You can't get another one. And without it, nothing else is going to get done. All right, I want to take a moment before we get into today's episode to make an announcement. I want to let you know that I'm taking applications right now for the Create Purpose Mastermind an intimate mastermind group for aspiring seven-figure creative female business owners who are looking to build their dream team. So if that's you, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Here's what it's going to look like if you decide to spend a year with me and this intimate mastermind. You know, when I was putting this together, I really was thinking about what are the outcomes that I want you to get as a result of spending a year in this group. Number one is... I want you to discover your unique greatness because when you surround yourself with people who see you for who you are and are able to draw you back to your own greatness, so much can change. Number two, I want to help you master your inner game because everything in business starts with self-awareness of why things are the way they are because as soon as you become aware of that, you get to decide and make a choice to change it for the better. Number three, I want to see you lead with confidence. You know, because I fundamentally believe you already have everything you need. You don't need another guru to show you the way. And I want to see you build your dream team. And that's what we're ultimately going to be doing in this group is building a business around a team of people that no longer centers around you, the leader, but You now have a team where you now are able to free yourself up to be the true CEO and create a visionary of your business, ultimately to grow your business, make your business easier to manage, more profitable, and a lot more fun. So if you're an inspiring seven-figure creative female business owner who's wanting to build your dream team and grow your business, then please don't wait. There's only 12 seats available, so don't hesitate in getting your application in. What if this were to be your breakthrough year? And what if this mastermind is exactly what you need to really grow your business and bring your unique potential to life? To learn more, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Let's get back into the show. All right, today's guest is Dr. Jabin Moore. Dr. Jabin helps people with true cellular healing. He takes people that have real chronic illnesses and they're really struggling with their health and he gets them better. He's one of the best at what he does. And that's why I'm excited to bring him on in the show today because we get into his story, his personal struggles with health that have driven him and turned into a passion now to helping so many other people. And he's doing just that. We talk about the challenges of growing a business exponentially, which his business has grown over the last couple of years, he's had to build a team. He's had to get really dialed in on how he wants to make an impact and the approach that really works for him. And then we get into some simple things you could do to increase your energy, your focus, and perform at your best. And so without further ado, let's get into the conversation today with Dr. Jabin. All right. Well, hello, Jabin. Before we get too into it, can you just introduce yourself to the listeners real quick? Yeah. So I guess professionally, I would go by Dr. Jabin Moore. I am a chiropractor who has started an integrative clinic. And, you know, I just I have a passion for helping people to reach optimal health. And my target audience, honestly, has been chronic health issues. So things like Lyme disease, parasites, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. But it came out of a passion from a experience I had in my life and honestly, just loving to optimize the body and be able to, what's become, work endlessly when needed, or exercise, or or be an athlete from back in college. Yeah, you and I, we're friends, we know each other, we spent some time together, and what probably listeners don't know about you, that I do, is I see the real passion you have for your work. What that looks like is, I know you work 
a lot of hours. I know that you're speaking from stages, you're on live on social media. Like every time I go on Instagram, you're live with somebody like you're pouring yourself out. And I can just tell this is a real passion for you. Where does that come from? I've got my own personal story. It's a long one. So I tend to try and keep it a little shorter, but it really began back when I was 10 years old. My mother was misdiagnosed with uh, what was found to be diabetes, but her general practitioner actually missed it. And by the time I was 10, she told me that she was going to die. And from there, her health just kept declining further and further and further until we reached a point where she was sleeping on the couch every day. And my parents told me I needed to basically step up and and try to help because my mom couldn't do the checkbook anymore. My dad was dyslexic. And that was the, the beginning for me of just seeing that our healthcare system was broken and that there weren't a lot of answers for people with chronic health issues. Then, you know, later on in life, I'm in college, I'm a college athlete, I'm a multiple time All-American, I'm a 4.0 student. And then when I graduate from undergrad, I decided to go into chiropractic school because I wanted to be able to help athletes to stay healthy. Because that was something that through college, I found out, you know, if you can just stay healthy, you can feel good, you're likely to be a good athlete. You're going to excel in whatever it is that you're doing, whether that's running a business, and now that I find out, you know, as a business owner, if you feel good, you, you can produce, your employees can produce. But as an athlete, I wanted to be able to give back to other athletes with the information I had learned. And I ended up becoming now a Lyme disease. So at first it was in college, I was like, my knees were hurting a little bit. And then I'm going to be a little more tired. I, my brain wasn't working the way that I used to think it should, because I had a bit of a photographic memory and it wasn't working the way I should. And then erectile dysfunction hit at 25 And that's when I really was like, what in the world is happening? By 25, I had a six-pack. I ate perfectly. I slept. I was in school learning how to help people. And I knew that there was something wrong. And when I went to the doctors, they just told me, no, I don't know. It it could be anything. It could be, it just happens at 25 to some people. It just happens. Sometimes your body doesn't work well. Sometimes you hurt, you're tired. Sometimes erectile dysfunction just appears. I didn't accept that. I wasn't okay with that. And that's really where my journey began of diving into natural medicine, root cause medicine, and understanding that there's always something at the bottom. There's always something that is the root of the problem. And now I spend my days researching and helping and teaching and educating on root causes that are causing people to have sickness or to perform poorly and teaching them how to optimize their body so they can get out of those things. No matter what the condition is, there's almost always an opportunity for you to optimize your body. Yeah. So there's two places I want to go. And one, and go as deep as you feel comfortable. But when you were telling me about your mom and hearing at 10 years old, you know, she, she might not live much longer and you see her existence is on the couch and there's just not much there. You know, what was it like for you to see that? Like, what was the experience for you? I mean, honestly, my response to it was I basically shut off emotion, just shut down and said, okay, I've got to help my family. I went from being a kid that spent all my time in the principal's office to a kid that had a 4.0, the kid that no longer ever got in trouble. And it was just this transition from this kid that probably had some behavioral, just had too much energy and school wasn't difficult. And I switched over to this next step, which was, oh my goodness, you know, I got to grow up. And that honestly took me 20 years to reach that next step. It took me 20 years to get out of that. And over that period of time, you know, all I did was focus 100% on moving forward, which was good in the way of like, you know, I went to school and all of those things, but it really harmed caring for myself. It really harmed emotionally being able to connect, you know, that emotional IQ, all of those pieces because it was just a driving force of, you know, I've got to move forward. I've got to make my family proud. I've got to help my dad. I've got to provide, you know, get to a point where I can provide and help my family, my mother, my father, my future family. And that's kind of what it did to me. Yeah. And then your story goes on and you played at the collegiate level, right? What was your sport? I did track and field. Track. what did you do in track and field? I threw shot put discus and hammer. And, and I ended up in that time being an all American, both in hammer and shot put. Right. And that's what I was, I'm just curious, like all American, you don't just roll out of bed and all American, you know? And so how did what you were going through as a child, 
how did that maybe fuel you as an athlete? You know, when you see mortality hit you in the face at 10, and even though my mom didn't end up dying, they did figure out the diagnosis eventually. It stripped her of a lot of joy in life. It stripped her of the ability to do much in life. She's sick a lot. So it gave me a lot of driving force to value the days that I have and to not give excuses. You know, something I developed being very young, partially from my dad. I mean, my dad would always say hard work, value the work you do, you know, make sure that you are a person that is loyal and trustworthy and that can be counted on. The only thing you can control in this world is what you do yourself, right? So he's like, make sure that if you're going to do it, you do it 200%. And seeing my mom like that and just seeing how so much is out of our control, I developed a mentality that there are no limitations to life when you just keep pushing forward, when you don't allow excuses to come in. And as a five foot 10, 170 pound junior or sophomore in high school, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a shot putter. I'm going to compete against these six foot five, 250 pound guys. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I will work harder. I will work longer. I will focus on technique. And those are the things that are the things that I can control. And that's where I went. And I focused on those things, which led me to have some success. And I'll say, I'm not an Olympian. I I thought maybe I could have been height and strength do come into play on some of that. (laughs) Yeah. But to play at the level you played at, you know, that doesn't just happen. And I'm just listening to you and I'm inspired by that story because something I talk to a lot of my entrepreneurial clients around is there's a difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. And what I'm hearing you, your approach to life back then makes all the sense in the world why it was the way it was for you. You had one choice and that was to play to win because that playing not to lose mentality wasn't working. And knowing you now, I mean, that's still there. That's still there. That determination, that passion, that I'm going to be damn good at what I do. And you are, because I've gotten a chance to work with you. And fast forward now, you're 25. You know, you just accomplished what you just accomplished, you know, at the collegiate level. Most people are in their prime in their early 20s. And all of a sudden, your energy tanks, all these signals are showing up for something's not quite right. You're going to the doctors and they're just kind of telling you the status quo story. Like, well, it is what it is. You know, it's part of getting older, you know, whatever. And your response wasn't normal. You didn't accept it. I am kind of curious, like that first time when you heard the news, like, you know, something was wrong, but all the doctors are just like, you're just going to need to live with it, brother. You know, like, where did you go? I I heard you started digging, but where did you start digging? Where did you go? When I hear people giving me what I consider to be excuses, even back then, it's hard for me to take. Like if it's a doctor saying, well, I just don't know, you know, just deal with it. That's just a, I don't know, move on kind of thing is what I'm hearing from that doctor. Because my job now is to figure it out. Like, okay, you have this thing. Let me figure this out for you, whether it's research or labs or asking around, right? So I saw that as an excuse. I saw that as you don't know. So you're putting it back on me to continue forward and find an answer for this because there is an answer. You know, I haven't lost body parts. I haven't lost function in my body. It's all there. It's just not optimal. So that's where I went. I just further invigorated my spirit to keep going because my body is within my control. And something I say to clients all the time is focus on the things you control. Stop worrying about the things you can't help. Because if you worry about the things you can't help, it's just going to drive you nuts and and wear you out. So I looked at the things that I could control. I can't control the way I eat. I control the way I sleep, which I was doing those then. What I couldn't control is understanding what was happening in me. So what I can on that part controls, I went to other doctors and I started searching different places. I went to functional medicine doctors. I went to natural doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturists, many of which had no answers. So because I was in school, I was in a professional school. I was able to go to conferences. I started going to conferences and I would just talk to the doctors there that were hungry for knowledge themselves. And one guy goes, Hey man, do you think you might have like Lyme disease? Have you ever checked that? And I said, no, who do I go to for that? And they go, I don't know. It's just something that when nothing else is fitting, that's what people put on as a tag. And I go, well, I'll take the tag if I can figure out somebody that has an answer because someone out there has an answer. Isn't that right? I mean, someone always has the answer if you can find them. And if not, most of the time, somebody's going to figure it out for you or you can do it yourself. And so I just kept searching until I ran into a guy named Dr. Alan Lindsley. Lyme disease led me to this guy. So I went up and saw him and I said, and he checked me out and he's like, yep, you have Lyme disease. And the way he said it to me, I'm just like, 
No one else wants to mess with this, hear about this, know anything about this. You're like, yep. For him, it was easy. He's like, yep, do this, do this, do this. And over a few months, my body started turning back on. Now, it took me a couple of years to really learn all the pieces to that puzzle, whether it be heavy metals or mold or all these other parts of the paradigm that break your body down because Lyme is just a bacteria. The problem with Lyme is once it gets in there, it's hard to get out sometimes, but it doesn't get in there in healthy people. So like myself, now I'm not afraid to go hike in the woods or go for outdoor activities. I love it. What I figured out was even before that, the stress from my mother, I lived in an apartment in the basement that had a bunch of mold. And this is where mentalities like mine break you down. I wanted to be cheap in college, not because I had to, because my parents were helping me and I had a scholarship and I ended up coming out of school without debt, but because I didn't want to spend more money and put that stress on my dad. So I lived in a basement with the HVAC in the winter at 55 in my room. And it was a, such a cheap place that water would flood the basement because we had five guys in a duplex. So I lived in a basement that wasn't fully finished. Water would flood it. And I'd see mold growing up the wall because I'm like, I don't want to spend more money. And that mold is what really, truly took my immune system down and allowed Lyme in when I was 22 and 23 that led to this Lyme being a problem because I've traced it all back now because of my profession. And then now when I'm working with people, I'm like, how these are the steps that you take to optimize your life so that you are able to function at a higher level. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's so much you said just then. It's like, it just struck me as like, aren't those universal truths? I follow you and watch what you do for people. And so much of it is mindset. So much of it is controlling what you can control and just letting go of the rest, let the rest be. Because oftentimes it's those scary things, those things that we can't control that take us out of the game. It literally puts us on the sideline and we're powerless. We give our way our power to that which we can't control instead of staying in power and taking action on what we can influence. And that's universal. Your health, your business, your relationships, your marriage, whatever, right? Take some ownership and responsibility of what happens next. And only you can decide that. And I mean, that's what hit me as you're sharing that story and so much more. And it's no surprise that you've brought that into the practice that you're building, the business that you're building today. Your business has grown exponentially these past two years. You know, the beginning of the pandemic two years ago, the shutdowns, you know, and then you just take off. I mean, you've shared this story with me and tell me a little bit about what that's been like. When I was going through school, I met up with a guy named Milton Dowdy and he had a referral practice where he never had to market, never had to do any of the things to build a practice. He just did a really good job. His patients referred to him and it kept his practice going for 30 years. And that's what I had as my vision of what I wanted to do, because I wanted to have a stable practice that was something that I could depend on to support my family. A few years later, I'm in practice and I have this type of practice. I'm busy. I'm working. I'm working six days a week. I have so many patients. I'm so blessed to have patients. And a friend of mine looks me in the eyes and he says, are you building your dream or your prison? Mm. And for everyone listening, just let that soak in. Are you building your dream or your prison with the business that you're in? Is it building a lifestyle you want, or is it building this monster that takes you away from what you want? Because we all go into business with a passion to solve whatever problem that we're going into business for, but also so that we can have lives that we want to live. So I slowly, back in 2018 or something, 2017, started going virtual with my practice, just a little bit, trying to change my practice structure. So I was a little bit virtual before COVID hit. When COVID hit, my practice went from three weeks booked out. You know, so if you call in, you can't get in for three weeks for new client visits to, I took my first new client the day he called for the first time in like two years. And that hit hard. It hit at home. I'm like, what I'm doing isn't working. The business is slowing down. I don't care COVID or otherwise. I can't stop that. What I can control is I can change my business plan to match what's happening in the world. So I can't go out and meet more people. I can't go to events because things are closing down and people are scared. So what do I do? I'm like, all right, well, social media days, here we go. By the way, I had like 200 people following me on Instagram and I had like 600 on Facebook and I never did anything for either one of those in any valuable way. I just, you know, I had them and they were there and, and that was it because someone told me I should. So I said, okay. I'm going to start a Facebook group and I'm going to go live in it three times a day for 
the foreseeable future, which turned out to be six months straight that I was live every single day, at least once, usually three times. And we had hired staff because we were growing, right? Well, everything was slowing down. I said, well, I don't want to let you guys go in the middle of this. Who knows what's going to happen? But we're going to shift your job titles to creating content and posting. So we were on Facebook and Instagram constantly. Within three weeks, my practice went from slowed down to taking a patient that first day to three months booked out. By the end of that three months of being booked out, now we are a year booked out. I've hired on four doctors in that period of time. I'm still booked out three or four months for myself at any given point. And my staff went from three of them, I believe, three of them, to now we have 20. And this is just during the period of March 2020 to December 2021. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said. I'm searching for the words. You said it so well, this idea of the business actually becoming a prison. You know, so many people, they want to start their own business, own their own business, practice so that they can have freedom. And so often what they get is quite the opposite. What do you think is the leading factor to that? Why? Why is that where many people inevitably end up in a prison instead of the freedom that they originally sought out, began the journey with? There's a few things that I can only speak to myself. There is fear of making the wrong decision. So I did a lot of the things myself, especially as a practitioner, a person that I create the income. So I'm the doctor. So I wanted to continue to build and build and build on top of myself taking as many people as I could, because I knew if I got them better, they referred and continue to grow. I knew I was going to need to bring in another doctor. I tried, but I didn't give them the trust that they needed. Honestly, they didn't deserve it. The one that I'm talking about at the time, but that's my fault for not doing a better hiring job. Because again, as the owner, it all comes back to me. Everything is my fault that happens in my business from top to bottom. And then The other piece is delegation of other tasks in the business and just realizing that, you know, I'm going to have to reduce my own income potentially temporarily to hire this person to give them a task and then trust that they're going to do it so that they can grow with it. And I just wasn't doing all of that the way it should have been done. And then over time through COVID, through business training, through talking with you, through so many other things, you know, like I said, my friend asked me that question, are you building the dream or the prison? And at one point, I was literally up to working seven days a week. I was up to seeing clients. And if you're not a person that's in a business where you're the salesperson, you're the doctor, you're the person doing the work, if I didn't do it, the income wasn't coming in. And I was literally at a sprint pace all day because I had to schedule every 15 minutes, new person. And if I got behind, then I was going to be working into the night. And at night, I was already working because I had to do the paperwork at night. So there was no room to give. So I literally built myself into a prison that took me years, a couple of years. I'm now out of that prison. I'm now loving what I'm doing again because I'm working with people, but I also can spend time with friends and family and research and work on education materials versus purely just exchanging my time for basically money because seeing a client is you're giving them a service, but it's an exchange for money. It was time for money. And now I'm to a point where as a business owner, where we want to be is where we can work on the business, not in the business. Yeah. And you said something really powerful. The root issue at the beginning was there's this fear of maybe failing, fear of maybe questioning who you really even were to be trying to do it. Like, I think the best way I've found to put it is so many leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, there's a part of them that really is trying to prove themselves. They're really trying to find significance. They're trying to prove themselves. And they're looking outside of themselves. They're looking for others to approve of them. They're looking for that validation, that affirmation. And the business can provide that, right? Customers giving you little golf claps and you know the wins. But somewhere along the line, you know what got you here won't get you there. There's this transition that I see so many leaders and business owners go from. They kind of go from trying to prove themselves trying to live up to the expectations, trying to build the business in the right way. They see there's a right way and a wrong way of doing this business and I better not screw this up. So there's just, they put so much pressure on themselves and therefore it drives them into doing so many of the things that they'd rather not be doing. And then they wake up one morning and they're like, oh my God, I used to enjoy this. I started because of a passion I had. Now this is a prison. Like, I don't even know if I want to keep doing this. Like when a lot of clients come to me, they're wondering, like, I don't know if this is what I want to do anymore. Like, I don't know if I want to grow. 
And it makes sense because the way in which they're growing, they feel like their outside circumstances are dictating how they, they feel at the effect, at the effect of the business. And so they let the business drive them. But one of the biggest transformations that's happened in that question, it sounds like really prompted you to hit the pause button, be like, wait a minute. I always ask this fundamental question. Are you creating more of what you want in your business or creating more of what you don't want? Because that's a choice. And so you get to choose if you're working with 100 clients a week or only 10. You know, you get to choose. And once you choose what you want, you can create a plan to get there. But so often we just feel like, well, I'm doing everything I can. You know, I just got to work harder. And working harder at some point is actually going to give you diminishing returns. It's actually putting the cement into the walls of your own prison because you're continuing to do things that aren't working for you. And there's this shift of being able to serve yourself so that you can serve others. And I think you would attest to this. I mean, so much of your life has been kind of putting yourself last so you can support so many other people and you be who you needed to be. And you take that mentality too far. All of a sudden you put yourself last long enough that there's nothing left to give. You're drained, you're on empty. And so I'm talking a lot here, but I love what you had to share there because when you start to make your business an expression of what you desire and you start to create what you desire to see in a way that works for you because you've got to serve yourself. You do. The the idea of the flight attendants, you got to put your mask on first before you do your children. And why? Well, because you got to take care of yourself because you're the rising tide that lifts all boats. It's your creativity. It's your energy and your passion. And so you got to feed that. And so I'm going to stop talking. I want to hear from you. Like, What does it mean to you when you hear what got you here won't get you there? The first thought that comes to my mind is as a healthcare provider, a practitioner, they taught me to get people well, poorly, but that's what they try to teach. Well, everything you learn in school is enough to pass boards. So when I came out of school, even with going to all these extra learning conferences and working with people, I was a doctor, not a business owner, a doctor. So running a business is a foreign thing and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I've had to learn it over time and year eight in practice now, I had to change my entire mentality. I mean, the mentality that I brought to my office at March of 2020, when things are starting to collapse, or at least that's what it feels like inside. And I'm going, what do we do? I said, okay, we're no longer just a medicine or functional medicine or healthcare providing wellness practice. We are a marketing firm that is going to get people well in our plan, right? So it's, you have to get the people in. And this goes for every business out there. If you do not have business and clients, you do not have a product that is going to be sold. So I was like, okay, we're, we're changing the whole paradigm. We are a marketing business. This has to be done properly. And the rest we're already good at, but that's what will come afterward. I changed my whole team. Yeah. And what's beautiful about that marketing that you've built, none of it's salesy. Like every step of the way, you're serving and helping people. Like I watch what you do, but what it does, I mean, even me, like I want to tune in more. Like I'm leaning in because you're helping me, you know, you're helping people. And I love the approach you found that works for you. So what would you say you've learned? The biggest lessons for you, you know, you've shared a little bit. What are some really practical things you learned as this business has grown? I've learned that I'm my biggest enemy. (laughs) The whole mentality of I can work. I can work hard. I trust myself. I can always work harder. I can always do more. I can take on more. That's the absolute wrong thing to do. And then you need to be able to bring other people in that you trust, that you have that trust in, that are going to work hard. You need to reward them for it. That's the only way you're going to grow. That's the only way that you're going to be happy. Unless you're just happy in what you can do yourself which I was not, I wanted to help more people. I knew that I could help hundred clients a week, but if I brought on four more doctors, we can help 300 clients a week. So that was a huge stepping stone for me is just realizing that my mentality of hard work is both a blessing and a curse. It is a tool to be used, but not to be dependent upon long-term for everything. Yeah. I've learned that you hire your weaknesses and you allow them and trust them to do their jobs. I'm not organized by my nature. I'm more of that visionary than I am that processor. So I hired the people that were good at that and I trust them at their jobs 
and I, you know, reward them for doing a good job and I listen to them. And that's hard because when you did everything and you did every step and you built the whole thing, it's hard to give away your baby to someone else and to know that they're going to do a better job than you at certain parts of it because that's their strengths. And then the other one is giving away patients or clients to other people to manage, take care of, and, and work with. Oh, that's just a knife to the heart because in yourself, when you're a business owner, you did it right. You built the business. You're the best. At least that's what you try to tell yourself. Even if you don't believe it fully, that's what you're telling yourself. And giving away my clients to my other doctors and letting go and knowing that they're going to do it the best way that they can, maybe not isn't the same way that you're going to do it. You have to just trust, not blindly, but you have to trust. And, and that is so hard, especially for me when it comes to people, it's their lives. Like my clients, it's literally their life, like their ability to, if they're sick, they can't hang out with their kids. They can't do their job. They can't live the life they want to live. So like trusting them to take care of that client who is at the end of the road, like I want nothing more than to give that back to them because I was there, right? Trusting these other doctors to be enough for them was a, a step for me. And, and just so much is trust, I guess. Yeah. There's this definition. I wish I knew who it's from. I think it was Brene Brown. She was quoting somebody else, but she said she defined trust. And I love the definition. Trust is taking something that's valuable to me and making it vulnerable to your actions. It's like literally taking something that's deeply important and meaningful and valuable to me and literally handing it over and making it vulnerable to someone else's performance and actions. And then it's hard. It's hard. And that just makes you normal. Like as a leader and entrepreneur, if it's hard to let go, that's normal. <laughs> but what's the opportunity? You know, and what I keep hearing from you is the vision, the vision, the impact you desire to make. You keep coming back to that. It's like, well, what's going to create more of what I want? And what I want is to be able to impact and help more people. And so this is the way. It's uncomfortable, but this is the way. I just love it. Well said. I don't have anything else to add to that. I love what you had to say there. And let's turn the tables a little bit because I didn't want to wrap this conversation up without picking your brain a little bit around. So I'm an entrepreneur. You know me. I love maximizing my performance, high performance. I want to be my best. I just do. I mean, because you said it earlier, like there's so many people counting on you and you being your best matters. And you've helped me a ton with my energy, with my focus. There's just some stuff that we've done together over the last year and a half that's really helped. Ran a half marathon last year virtually by myself because of you know what, but I did some things that I normally wouldn't have the energy to do. And I give you a lot of credit for that. Just some of the things we uncovered. And rather than going on all the details there, what I want to talk about is what can we all be doing? You know, you're helping people with chronic illness. And maybe we don't all have chronic illness, but we all want to be our best. And there's all things that you know we all could be doing. And I know you're always dialing in your health, even though you're probably the top percent of health already. So what are those low-hanging fruit for us people that want to be our best? Like, What is it that we can be doing? Things that maybe we're overlooking that have huge, huge return on investments, we'll say. So there's a few things that I talk about that are kind of your starter kit, right? Just the beginning, easy, low-hanging fruits. One of those is drink clean water. I test people constantly for environmental toxicities that are coming into their bodies. There's a website, Environmental Workers Group. You can go to it. You can put in your zip code and you can figure out what is in your water supply in your home area. And by finding that, you'll see just how much crap is coming into your body. And this is all weight. So you may not feel awful, but this is weight. So your body has to process those toxins out, which takes energy. And that energy is taken away from your brain and put to your kidneys, your liver, and other places. It's stress to your body. So it's like a fight or flight response. So instead of thinking creatively, now you're thinking reactionarily. So if you're trying to be creative and, and solve a problem in your business, now you're more reactive to it because of the toxins coming into your body. So drink clean water. What, is, what does that mean? For me, the purest, cleanest water you can get is distilled water. If you go to my Instagram or my Facebook, there's links to find distillers, but it is the cleanest water. You do have to remineralize it, putting minerals back in, but it's the only thing that removes radioactive elements, which if you know what radon, radium, and uranium are, those are some things that are in a lot of water supplies, especially on the coasts 
And then anyone where there's basements is a really common things. And it's just deposits of those things in the ground. So clean water, distilled water, number one. Number two, eating a diet that is whole foods based. If you think that you don't have enough time and you're going to McDonald's to eat or wherever you're going junk food wise, and you're not eating whole food that you make or buy, you're doing a disservice to your ability to think clearly. So how does this matter to you? You're like, well, I save two hours a week by not prepping my food on Sunday and eating out all the time. And financially, I can afford that. Great. Well, what if I told you, you lose that two hours by being able to think less clearly? So instead of solving a problem in 30 seconds, you're solving it in five minutes because that's what's happening to you. The clarity that you will feel when your body is eating whole foods that are not processed, that are not spiking your blood sugar through the roof all the time, you're going to find the clarity in your brain to be so much more effective that now all of a sudden you have way more time than the two hours you lost by meal prepping. Or like I said, if you can afford it, go to Evolve Paleo Chef and buy organic paleo meals. You know, whatever fits your lifestyle, wherever you're at, because there's something near you that will make healthy whole meals for you if that's the route you need to go. So water and food. The next one is make sure you live in a safe environment. Mold is a major, major, major problem that people are dealing with that they don't even know. It It doesn't bother me that much, but it does slow me down a little bit. My fiance, on the other hand, she'll get headaches from it. She'll get a sinus congestion from it all the time. So make sure you're living in a safe home that is not full of mold or other toxicities constantly. Make sure you're not living around toxic people. And if you are, you need to do something about it because toxic people are a parasite to your life. They're going to slow you down. They're going to wear you out. They're going to take from your creativity. They're going to take from your ability to produce, even when they're not there because they're stressing you out. Those are the low-hanging fruit pieces that you can easily look into yourself anytime, anywhere without a practitioner. The last piece is find somebody that will help you optimize, that will double check your life and your work. So things that I do, I run organic acid tests, blood tests, so urine, hair, and blood. And I look at the systems and I make sure that your body is going to be operating at a high performance level. And when you start optimizing this, you spend a little bit of money and time doing it. It comes back with dividends because once you know what your body's weak points are, you can optimize them just like your business. If you have a person that's weak point is organization and you hire them a secretary to be organized, but they can sell anything that they touch. It pays in dividends because they can sell more and the secretary keeps organization, right? Same thing for your health. If we figure out that your body doesn't process B vitamins well, or the diet you have is deficient in D vitamin, which is reducing your energy system or reducing your immune system. And we fix that. And now you're 20% more productive for the rest of time. What's that worth to you in both time and money? Yeah. Those are so simple. Somebody I heard one say common sense isn't always common practice, you know, and it's worth it. It's worth the extra time. It's worth the extra investment because we're talking about you. We're talking about the vehicle that's going to create these results in your life, you know, and it's the difference between driving a Ford Focus and a Ferrari. I mean, you're going to get there faster if you're healthier, energized, the vitality is there, the zest for life is there. And so I'm a coach, you know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs helping them we'll say mindset, right? One of the things is just, what is the story you're telling yourself? And is that story going to take you to where you want to go? I'm sure you see that a lot with your clients too. They have a health story that they tell themselves that really is not serving them and is keeping them unhealthy. You know, if you would have listened to those doctors all those years ago, and and that would have became your story, you'd been a different person right now. There's no question. So the stories that we tell ourselves literally create the future. But what I found fascinating talking to you in a past conversation is psychological, but there's this physiological or biological, like gut health and all these other, this toxicity affects your brain that it affects your mood and and leads to depression and and increased anxiety. I'm like, oh, I thought that was just your thoughts that did that, you know? So talk a little bit about that because that's fascinating to me. I think it's just fascinating. I don't think people are talking about it much. You know, if you just look at the basics of the body, it's all interconnected. Too much of medicine today is micro in its view. So it's like, we're going to go to a gastrologist. We're going to go to a neurologist. We're going to go to a thyroid doctor for hormones. 
It's all connected. With no brain, your body doesn't work. With no heart, your body doesn't work. With no gut, your body doesn't work, right? So that's just the basics. It's all tied together. You know, go back to what your mom told you. You are what you eat. When did we lose these simple thought processes? You are what you eat. Eating sugar is bad for you. Like we've always known that. And by the way, your bread, your white bread is pure sugar, basically. That's what it turns into in your body. So when you have a digestive tract that is not well-maintained and cared for, your digestive tract, those bacteria in your digestive tract produce the neurotransmitters that allow for you to focus, be happy, have a will to keep taking steps forward, to think clearly. Those neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, they're what people are trying to control with medications. They're made in your gut. If your gut is not right, they are not going to be right. Your digestive tract actually makes your thyroid hormones active. Your thyroid produces, let's just call it casino chips. Your GI tract, your liver, your muscles actually convert those casino chips into active hormone that control your entire metabolism. So how often you poop, your ability to rebuild tissue, your hair growth, your thought speed, everything, right? It all goes back to gut and liver function. So if you're doing things that are toxic to your body, living in a toxic place, your liver has to deal with that. And it's going to decrease its function for making your hormones work. If you're eating like crap, your gut's going to become dysfunctional and you're not going to be able to think clearly. You're not going to be able to process life and work clearly. So these are so important. And this is why, you know, now I, I don't just have a health business. I have a real estate business with four businesses tied to it. And I can work from sunup to sundown, have complete brain clarity and remember everything that each business is doing, the numbers that are being said to me out loud in meetings and go back to people weeks later and have conversations with them because I spend a lot of time also making sure that I'm optimized because what's the most valuable asset that you have in this world? Your body. You can't replace it. You can't get another one. And Without it, nothing else is going to get done. Yeah. Wow. We could end right there. A few more wrap-up questions for you, Javen, before we go. What book, podcast, or person is inspiring you most right now? Oh, man. Person probably has to be Dr. Todd Watts. He's owner of Cellcore, which is only a few-year-old supplement company. He's the guy that said to me, are you building yourself? your dream or your prison. His business is continuing to skyrocket. He's innovating in his area and he's got a family and kids. He goes on vacation with them. Every employee, he knows their name. He, they all have nothing but good things to say about him. So he's inspiring to me as a fellow business owner, doctor, friend, mentor. You know, the latest book I read was the book, the who because I'm, working on my hiring practices. So book wise and podcasting, and I'm back to health. So I like to listen to the, the better health guy, but that's a very niche podcast, which is all about different health issues. So I'm constantly just trying to learn how many other ways there are to optimize health. Because again, if I'm healthy and I have more energy and I can wake up at 7.30 in the morning and listen to a book at four speed or five speed and remember all the things which I did yesterday and the day before that. I finished a book and, you know, a 300 page book in like an hour because you can listen to it at full speed. And then I can go to work and work all day with clients and my businesses. And then I can end, go to the gym and then go home and spend time with my fiance. And then when she goes to sleep, I can work a few more hours. And none of this is weighing on inability to focus or function or overwhelmness or depression because my body's working well. That's why I'm listening to podcasts about how to continue to optimize myself. Yeah. The book, is that Who Not How? I think so. By Ben Hardy. Yeah, it just came out. I love that book. He takes a lot of Dan Sullivan's work of strategic coach. And if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, and want to have more impact, read that book, Who Not How. It's eye-opening. And it'll shake you loose of trying to hold on to everything. We waste so much time trying to figure out how when there's already countless people out there that already know how. And so we need to find what we love to do and are great at and let other people come help us. And that's when it's like rocket fuel. That's when things just take off. So I love that book. I was wondering if that was the one you're meaning. Just to add to that, one thing you said is, is who not how, right? Like hire the right people. One thing I always say is I don't need to reinvent the wheel and 99% of business, right? Like there is somebody that's figured it out. We just have to figure out what they don't. 
And that's why I tell my staff all the time. I'm like, stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Stop trying to come up with this brand new technology or process or thing. Just find someone who already did it. Now, I innovate in health and the way that I do my practices. That's the one place that we're innovating in. The rest of it, I'm like, someone else has figured it out. Let them. Yeah. On the flip side of that, as we're trying to build our businesses, we're trying to find the right way. What's the right way? I don't want to take a wrong turn. And so we almost paralyze ourselves trying to find the right and best way when reality is there's a multitude of right and best ways. We just have to choose one and go with it. And that's where you have to trust yourself a little bit too. Like, well, how do you want to build this business? And what what's your values and what's your approach? What works for you? You got to know yourself. But then yes, once you have that, then it's time to start attracting some assistance. But if you fundamentally don't believe in your ability to figure things out, and you feel like all the answers are outside of you, you're kind of creating a perfect storm of paralyzing yourself and being unable to move forward. So there's a mixture of being self-aware and trusting yourself, your creative energy that we all have. That's really what business is about, is just expressing what we want to see in the world, listening to that, but then find people to add fuel to that fire. So I just wanted to kind of bring that together. I mean, there's so many things, so many cliches that I can throw out here that I've heard, you know, the enemy of done is perfection. So stop trying to be perfect and just take action. The most successful people in business are those who just take action. You want to do calculated action, but at some point, you just have to move forward. Even if it's only 80% right, that's better than 0% done. Yeah. There's this creative process. If you think of an artist or someone who writes a symphony, any type of artist, a writer, you know, a painter, you always start with a blank canvas. And then there's this a couple brush strokes. And then from that brush stroke, you kind of know intuitively where you want your next brush stroke. And you have to attack that canvas. You have to put paint down. You have to put some words on a piece of paper and then let it evolve. Because if you don't ever draw a line, write a word, strike a chord, nothing ever happens. And allowing that creative process just to unfold. And the only way it unfolds is you taking your next step. Just take your next step. None of us know how to build a business. Let's just say it. If we're building something, implicit in that is, well, we've never done it before, most of us. We don't know how. Jabin, you don't know how to build what you're trying to build. I don't know how what I'm trying to build. You know, But I know you know your next step. I know my next step. That's as simple as it is. It's just take your next step. And then every step you take, it's going to inform the step after that and the step after that. And then you're going to look back 10 years from now and be like, holy cow, look what we did. You know, wow. And that's the creative process. And so I want to end on this question. 10 years from now, imagine we're sitting down, a cup of coffee or tequila, and you're telling me about what you've accomplished in your life and your business and the impact you've made. What would you be telling me right now? If, if you were to fast forward to 10 years from now, what would you have accomplished in your business and your life? First of all, I wouldn't be drinking tequila, it'd be whiskey. So we'll just start there. I'm imagining this has got to be realistic. Secondarily, my business, we're scaling it now with email lists and online presence. And I want to affect 100 million lives. I want to have 100 million people hear that they have a choice to be healthy and to give them information. It's not necessarily a financial thing for me in this. I want to affect 100 million people's lives and health. And then on the flip side of that, 10 years from now, I want to have two kids. I want to have a happy personal lifestyle because that's the part of it, right? Like that's what I was saying. I don't want to create a prison. I want to create my dream. My dream is we're going to have some land. We're going to have kids. We're going to be doing a lot of outdoor things. We're going to be leading this healthy lifestyle. And then the professional life is helping those people, that hundred million here by creating online programs, online websites, online resources that help people that don't need the bigger, more intricate fixes. And that bigger intricate fixes are bringing those people into my clinic so that doctors can then step in and help people there because information is power. So I'm just trying to get as much information out. And that's why I do podcasts. That's why I do Instagram lives is to get as much information out so we can change this world. One person hearing that they don't have to deal with any more IBS, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, brain fog, fatigue, hair loss. You don't have to deal with those things. It's a choice that you can make and here's some information. And if I don't give you the detail that you need, it's out there. Here's a direction to go. You know, that's so good. And 
you're making me think of something a coach and mentor of mine tells me all the time, you know, if you want to be less distracted in life, if you want to have more energy, more vitality, and just be more alive, play a bigger game, play a bigger game. Because when we're playing a big game, we don't have time for distractions. We don't have time for unhealthy. We get dialed in. Thank you for being an inspiration to all of us, Javen, and how you're creating more of what you want in your life. And you're playing a bigger game. It's evident in the vision you have. And Everything comes from that place. And, and now the vision, the dream, everything, it's chasing you, brother. You know, it's chasing you. You're not trying to get anywhere. It's through who you are and the impact you're making. That dream's now just chasing you. You're right where you want to be. And just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you for the gift that you gave all of us today. I'm sharing your story. So before we wrap, where can people find more, learn more about you and, and the work you're doing? So I've got a website, Facebook, and Instagram. All of them are Dr. Javen Moore. So just whatever source whether it's instagram facebook or dot com great well thanks for joining us today javen it's been a pleasure thanks for having me so there you have it hopefully you really enjoyed this podcast episode and my hope is you found it really inspirational to hear dr javen share his story and also most importantly i hope you took away some practical things that you can start to do and apply in your own life to increase your health so that you can be your best for your team and for the vision of your business. Because our businesses and growing our businesses and performing at the top levels that we desire to perform at, it takes everything we got. And it's so important to dial in our health. And that's what we talked about today. Thank you to Dr. Jabin for joining us. Thank you for such an inspiring conversation. So finally, I have one small favor to ask of you before you go. Wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple Music or Spotify, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Love to hear your thoughts. Come find us on social media. Share it on social media. It just really helps us get the word out, helps us grow our audience. So please do that. Again, thanks to Dr. Javen for joining us today. And thanks for being an inspiration to all of us and playing full out in the way you're building your business. Thanks to my team, Ashley Bolden, who handles all the admin, and Chris Skipper, who handles all the music and editing of this podcast. For more information on the Create Purpose podcast, you can go to www.createpurpose.net. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Zach.Arend. Please drop me a comment, reach out, drop me a DM. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what you're taking away from these conversations. What would you like to hear more of? Do you have any guests that you would love to see come on the show? And I'm always looking for great people to talk to, people with great stories that can inspire you. And so if you know of anybody, send them my way. Love to hear from you. I'm your host, Zach Aaron, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Create Purpose Podcast. Bye for now. If you're a leader whose success depends on your ability to think clearly, then join the 8-Second Daily Coach, where I'll email you daily questions to amplify your leadership in 8 seconds or less. Sign up now at ZachAaron.com forward slash daily question. That's ZachAaron, Z-A-C-H-A-R-E-N-D dot com forward slash daily question.